Panthers Radio in association with Signomics. We've got a little special Panthers podcast for you. Plenty have been going on in recent weeks. Three new signings since we were last together. So just to chew over the fat and to discuss a few other bits and bobs, joined by my good friends, Johnny Burrard and Dan Green. Evening, gents. Evening, Chris. Evening, Chris. Lovely to be convening again. Yeah, that's that's the way to use the word. Nice one, Jono. Yeah, nobody here <laughs> take one of the uh, fluffed attempt by myself. Uh, okay, well, where do we start? Well, well let's go through the, the signings. There's lots to talk about. I'd love to chat, touch on GB. We can end on that. And, and thoughts on uh, ooh, Guildford not going to the Constantial Cup. That's caused a stir. More with non-Guildford fans than Guildford fans, it seems today. Um, but we'll get to that later. So so let's start with, with the three signings. First one, uh, last week now, Josh Tetlow. Greener, great to have all three pairs back, but let's start with Tet. What would he bring, do you think, back to the Panthers? Yeah, I, I think it's it's really good to have him. I mean, he's he's still relatively young, but, you know, he's played a lot of years now. And I think, you know, watching him with GB, you can see how much he's come on and, you know, from his time in Finland's probably helped. And yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's a great guy in the room. He's one of those, you know, very low maintenance and gets on with everybody. He'll just, he'll just slide in, you know, and he's just, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. You know, is he going to score loads and loads of points? No, of course he's probably not. But, um, you know, rock solid, big, strong, horrible to play against. Um, you know, I think he's a real upgrade, you know, in, in a, you know, obviously Archie came in and did a real good job last year. But, you know, he's a top, top four, top six British defenseman at the moment. And, um, yeah, I think he's a really good addition. Jono, I wonder how much you think he will have improved. He's talked about how he's changed as a player since going in Europe. That won't as you know, just he won't just change as a player, maybe on the ice, but but off it, the whole package will probably be a different setlow to to we knew, you know, from a season before last. Yeah, but this was his second spell in Finland. I don't think a lot of people may may remember that that during the COVID season, oh, yeah. he he played fourteen games in Finland in their third tier. This time he was in their second tier, 45 games, regular season 10 in the playoffs, uh, two goals, seven assists, a plus minus a plus 11. And that is in the second tier of what is currently the gold medal nation in the world championships. That's a really, really good standard he's been playing at. And you could see how much he's improved when you saw his performances for Great Britain in the, in the world championships. I think it's, it's a great, to see him back it's great that he's come back and i'm pretty certain he'll come back a much much better player than he was as well i agree with you guys you make some really valid points as you said jono you know he's not just been playing in any old league in europe like you say one of the best nations <sighs> in the world at ice hockey and he's been playing in their second tier i i, I and i'm going to come on to this question more in depth but i i think you know, we're beginning to to have the basis of a new era of of sort of British players at, at, at you know at the Nottingham Panthers. It's you know the the old guard have retired or or moved on, and and, and you know now I think you know finally we're going to get that core. And, and obviously, what needs to happen is they need to be kept now for year after year after year. Which brings mm. you know on to to Ollie Betteridge, and you know such a popular player up and down the Panthers fan base, the elite league. A lot of clubs, like Tetlow, a lot of clubs, were, were, you know, certainly were going hard after after Ollie Betridge. Sheffield, I know, very hard after him indeed, but but he chose Nottingham. What what will Ollie bring? Do you think Greener? 
I think that that's one thing, you know, not even mentioning his obvious talent. I think just having a fan's favourite, you know, I think that's something we probably missed last year. You know, that guy that the fans really recognise, they really pull for, you know, they've kind of seen him grow up here. And um, I, I think, again, it's just the way he plays, you know, his all action, you know, he's physical, he gives 100% every shift. Um and he just plays with his heart and soul. And again, I think that's what we missed last year. I think he's a guy that will go out there and, you know, win or lose or score three points or no points. He'll play the same way every game. He's got a great attitude. Um, you know, guys guys really like him, very coachable. Um, and hopefully we'll start to see, you know, we were seeing it. He was starting to put a few more points on the board. And, you know, hopefully next year can be the year he maybe makes another step up and he really starts to contribute. Um, so, yeah, re really excited and really glad to have him back. I think, Jono, once it was obvious that Oli was coming back from, from Europe, it, it was a signing that Panthers just, just had to make. There was no two ways about it. Yeah, without any shadow of a doubt. I mean, he's only ever played for the Panthers in, in the Elite League. Uh, he had, I know, he had a spell at Swindon uh, earlier in his career in the EPHL, EPIHL, but you know he's only ever played for Panthers. And I think it would have been a really gutting to see him go to a, a, another elite league team, especially if he'd have ended up in Sheffield. I think that would have ripped a lot of Panthers fans' hearts out, quite quite frankly, including mine. Um, but yeah, he, he's had a great season in, in Hungary. Another one who who has taken the plunge to go uh, and experience another European league. He's won a Hungarian championship with Ferran Bocci. So he, he's done really, really well. And you know, he came away, I think, with 34 points in 48 games. So that is none too shabby. And like Dan says, he's improving that points production. And we saw that when he was with the Panthers. He was in, improving his points production year on year on year. Uh, and uh, I, I think he'll come in now at 27. He's sort of going to be hitting his sort of peak years as a forward. Uh, and I think he, he will certainly be contributing uh, very much to the points column this yeah. coming season. Yeah, absolutely. He scored some big goals in Hungary as well, didn't he? As he helped his team get to, to Game 7. Yeah, well. did he want to get a, score a Game 7 winner in one of the rounds? I seem to remember. Uh, Greener, Greener, you remember. He got, didn't I, he know, I, know, I, I know in the final, in Game 6, he scored the game tyre with like under a minute left to send That's it to cool. overtime. Mm. Yeah. Uh, with the goalie pulled. And yeah, I think, I don't know if it was a, a, a sort of an overtime winner, but I think he had a couple of game winners along the way, like, you know, in, in the playoff run. So, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be really interesting as well to see wh where he fits in this, in this Nottingham Panthers setup. Obviously, we don't know the makeup of the team yet. There's only three players signed <laughs> for next season, but but where will he be, be, be put in, you know, in a line? I, you know, personally, I'd love to see him given a chance, you know, on, on, on one of the higher lines, it'll be really interesting to see what role he will play for, for next season. Brings us next on, we've done uh, Ollie and, and Tet, now on to, to Jordan Kelsall, uh, back for his fifth successive season. Uh, been with the Panthers a long time now, of course, had that one season on loan at, at Dundee as well, but it's now five in a row for, for Jordan Kelsall. And Greener, Jordan showed showed last year, you know, he has many sides to his game. He's developing into a forward who can score some big goals. We saw that he can slot in in defence and did a fabulous job. He's, he's dropped the gloves. He's developing into a bit of an all-rounder, is George. 
Yeah, and a bit like what you just said, you made a good point about Oli, like where he'll slot in. I think the same is with Kelter. I mean, obviously he's he's going to be a forward, but you know he could play on a on a, on a checking line. But also, I think we saw sometimes this year if other guys weren't performing, he was slotting in on those top two lines and and chipping in with points. Remember that great goal he scored against uh, Cardiff on the breakaway, but. I think he can play up and down the lineup really. And, you know, he, he just does everything right. You know, again, he's, he's not going to be, you know, a huge, huge points guy, but he's going to hit, he's going to penalty kill. He's going to block shots. He's going to play D if he has to. Um, I think he's another guy that's, he's, he's quite quiet, but he's kind of turning into that leader where you see year on year, you know, especially off the ice. He's, I'm sure you probably deal with it more with the media side. You know, he's, doing more interviews. He's he's just sort of growing a bit now and he's he's almost turning into one of the leaders. So I think the fact a bit like Ollie, you've got those two and Tets. It's it's three guys that kind of know what it means to be a Panther. They've been here, they get it. And, and to kind of have them all back at the same time, I think I think is massive. Well, you've answered a question there, which I'm, I'm gonna push Jono on in a minute, but but just I'll talk about Jordan with you, John. It strikes me he's a happy man, though, isn't he? At the moment, it's not scary. He got promoted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buzzing that boy was. Um, you know, so uh, he's a happy man. So he'll have a happy summer. Uh, but Jono, you know, like you, you, you know, you commentated on every single home game this season, uh, bar one last season, actually, when you were a little bit poorly. But he, but he did score some great goals, and and one of I know one of your favorite goals and my favorite goals was that goal that Green mentioned that that breakaway goal against uh, Cardiff. Yeah, it was a great finish, especially considering he was facing Bam Bams as well. But but it was all his own work because he, he won the puck on the boards, went clear, uh, and then just went coolly takes it round bounds and pops it into the net. It was a great finish. But he, he scores from all positions. I think the, the little intro video that you put out with the signing that showed that goal and then you know a, a scruffy goal close in and then another was a tip in, it, it doesn't matter he, he, can, he can score like a nice goal, a dirty goal, a, you know, a rebound goal. He, he's he's there and thereabouts. And he's another one like Ollie who, who's been improving his, his points production year in, year out. And he, he scored seven goals the last season, which was his highest uh, since he, he, he became a Panthers player. So yeah. he, he's always improving. But he, I think you made a great point straight off there that he's such a good all-round player. He... he, he Slotted in on defence, like you say, he plays on the penalty kill uh, every time that we're shorthanded. And then he chips in with the odd goal and and some good points as well. He he really is becoming an important linchpin of this Panthers side. And like you say, he's a local lad. He gets exactly what it means to put that shirt on. Yeah, I mean, you know, you say seven goals, it's, it's a great point. If you could push that to... 10, 12, 13 next season. That, that's... I, th I think he's got to be looking at double figures next season um, from, the, from the way he's improving, the way he's playing. Uh, and the, the confidence he seems to be building as well. He seems to be getting just more and more confident year in, year out. And, and it's a great point you make there, Jono, and, and Greener touched on that. So I just want to push you on, on that. You know, you, you talk about leaders, you know, it, it seems crazy. And I, and I think I asked them all this in their interviews in the last week or so, but they're young, you know, none, none of them are over 30. You know, the, the, the oldest is, is what, is it Ollie at 27? Did we say? Ollie, yeah. Ollie's 27. I think Tex is 25 and Jordan's 23. But, but you already feel that, that they are the, the leaders of the group, <laughs> whatever way this team's going to be molded, you know, they know what it's like to play for Nottingham. And the beauty Jono is, 
is they're not in their 30s. If we say they're, they're in the 20s, you know, if things go right, this could be a core of players for many years to come. And and, and a bit like David Clark and Robert Lackovich, you know, Matthew Myers, Danny Myers, you know, I'm just naming a few, Robert Farmer, Stevie Lee, Dan Green. Mm. You know, there was a core of players, and I've only named some of them there, but there was a core that came back year after year. And 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 that's what this club needs again because it's been lacking that in recent years. Yeah, like well, you, you look. This is this will be Jordan's sixth full season with the Panthers. Uh, Ollie, well, I think he he's on. He must be getting on for about his tenth season all in. I think full time. I think not far. Yeah, yeah full time. Ta- full time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth season. Full t- as a full time player. And I think Tets is, is looking at sixth and sixth and seventh season as well. So <laughs> they're like veteran players for the Panthers and 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 they're they're still sort of in their early mid twenties, which yeah. which is which is great. Yeah. Karina, how how you know, you've been part of that that core of returning British players. How how important is it of having that nucleus that that understand UK ice hockey, understand Nottingham on the dressing room, do you think? I think it's massive. Yeah. I mean, I was really lucky kind of wherever I played, it seemed we, we kind of had that, you know, you'd walk into the room and there was three, four, five people, you know, and, and obviously it wasn't as important for me because I was I'm from here, you know, from, from England and I, and I know the league, but you know, if, if you're an import guy or a couple of guys walking in and, you know, you had Stevie Clarkey and Lacko straight away, you knew all about the city, all about the league, the rink, the how the Panthers was run, the office, just how everything went. And yeah, I think the last couple of years, with obviously all of those guys kind of not being around one by one, it's yeah, it's just it, you could be in any team really, but I think you need that identity where now guys will walk in, the new guys this year will walk in, and you know you've got Ollie, Tets, and Kels, you know, and probably maybe a few others, but you know, they're there straight away, you know, they've got all the info you need, They any questions answered, they're, you know, and you know what they're like as people, they'll do anything for you, show you around the city, like you said, like how the league runs, how the, you know, the teams run, and yeah, it's having that core, I think you, you look at the teams that have been successful over the years, more recently, you know, the, the Sheffield, Cardiff, whoever, and they, they've really had that core, the likes of the Jonathan Phillips, the Davy Phillips. And, you know, it only takes a week or so for everybody to get bedded in. So hopefully this year with that kind of core returning, we'll kind of have maybe one up on some of those teams. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And, that, and that's no disrespect to people like Archie and, and Jack, who, who were, were great for the Panthers last season. But but they're at the very start of their careers. And and maybe they'll be the, the generation after this generation, you know, so so it's fascinating, you know. Of course, you know, with with the situation with with British players, and and obviously already seeing that Panthers have signed three of them. That there's no confirmation yet about the the import levels, although they have been rumored to be changing. So we guess we'll sit and have a watching brief on that. But but obviously the there might be left places available. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see what what does go down there. And obviously, you know, is, is there a spot for someone like Jack Hopkins and, and Archie Hazeldine, which will be really interesting to see and that kind of moves us on nicely to 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 end now really well no before great britain let's let's go 
Guildford Flames, Jono. I'm sure you've been looking at, at social media today. I have had to laugh a little <laughs> bit because um, other fans seem more angry than Guildford fans. I mean, when I look at the statement, I, I can see that, you know, I'm going to be maybe my opinion does not tally with what I've seen a lot of today. I think they're wrong for not going in, but I do understand their logic. I, I think they're trying to say, we, we you know, we, we can't afford to potentially, well, we can't host that, that, you know, they've given the reasons that they mm. can't host. And they're also saying they, they don't think they can effectively be away for potentially two weekends um, and, and cram those games in, 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 in satisfaction for them to kind of have a bid at domestic trophies. We, we all know that in times gone by, the Continental Cup's been the, the curse of the Panthers league form. So, so Jono, to you, do you agree with me and that you understand their logic and don't agree or do you see it differently? I understand their logic, and but I don't agree with them not entering like, like you. And I think when we won it, we played three rounds all the way. So we had to fit more fixtures in, but that's what we had to do to win it. And I don't know. I I can I can understand their logic. Like like I said, um, I don't agree with it because for me, I just don't think it puts makes the league look good overall. Because a team is turning down that opportunity to go and play in Europe, um, and and that that doesn't sit well with me at the moment. But but to be fair to them, they've come out, they've explained why and been very clear about why why they won't do it, which which is fair enough. Yeah, I mean, their fans aren't going to care come or, uh, uh, April if they've won the league or playoffs. Exactly. Or yeah. I think it's a brave decision. They've obviously thought long, long and hard about it. Greeno, what, what do you think? Do you, where do you sit on this one? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't really know much about it until you started speaking about it. But from what I've picked up from you guys, I mean, <clears throat> I think, yeah, two things it's a shame is one, that they're not representing the league. I think you almost have a duty you know, you're a good team, you've been in it, you can now go away and represent the league and boost the sort of eyes on the league and you're not doing it. I think also it's a shame for their fans because Guildford have been in the EPL for however many years. They've now been in the Elite League and they're, you know, they're, they're doing really well. But, you know, as a Guildford fan, wouldn't you want to go away for a weekend and go somewhere and support them and follow them? Um also, I think it's a big thing that they're maybe missing that it's a great way to attract players. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm a player looking to sign for a team and I'm like, oh, they're in this European competition, like I can go and, you know, maybe get, get scouted from that as well. So are they saying they don't want to go because fixture congestion and because they'll miss too many home gates so they don't want to... I reading the statement, it, it's kind of what you know. I, I think that they were said. It's I'll read a bit to you. It's not. It said this is not a. We cannot play any home games. That they say that the spectrum they just cannot get Friday, Saturday, Sunday dates at the spectrum. I guess that's due to other things that go on on the ice on on other days. So, but but, but, but that's for them hosting it today. That's mean? for them hosting. But then they've said we cannot play home games, and then they would maybe play six games over three games in three nights, long distance Euro travel. Uh, that means we've already got 70 games. The competition would force us to miss a couple of extra weekends and shift too many games. I mean, you know, financially, that you know, you we all know that midweek games leave you with a bit of a hit rather than weekend. Yeah. 
a fixture congestion. You know, are they aspiring to win the league and the cup or playoffs? Yes, they are. So I again, I I get that logic, but they could enter the the, the Continental Cup and, and win that, and that would be amazing. So yeah, yeah. I, I I just sorry to cut you off that. I, I just think that if it if it was like a sort of bigger team. I'd almost understand it. Like if Cardiff said that, I'd be like, okay, do you know what? You're in it every year and you've been in the Champions League. That's you really that, want Rina. Like, it, you, I mean, if it was Cardiff or Nottingham or Sheffield, I, I think it would be worse. I, well, I just think yeah. for them, they've they've never even experienced, like, I don't, you know, I just think like you did so well finishing second and then you're not going to almost celebrate that by going into Europe. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's like, you're probably not going to get that chance again, realistically. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, we don't know the ins and outs, or I certainly don't financially. If it makes sense for them, then that's that's fine. But I think if I was, you know, if they've got a Ben O'Connor or whoever they they're keeping from last year, they might be a bit like, oh, that's a shame. That would have been cool. Like we we did so well to make that, and then we're now not going away and playing in it. It seems a bit like. Yeah, you know, Lacker, our mate Lacker will be disappointed if he's going back to Guildford. He won't be happy. I know. Yeah. Well, his parents more because they like the trips, don't they? But, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah. Um, I just so will will another team from this league now get asked, or will we just? Not I guess so. I mean, my, my hunch is it goes to Sheffield, doesn't it, for, for third in the table? I mean, I've not seen anything. Official. Yeah. Can, can remember when we hosted it a few years ago, and the, the I think the Spanish the Spanish team. That was sh- should have been there couldn't do it, and Biplo were brought in late on. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, so I, I think, I think Sheffield will will take their place. Yeah, I, was, so, so I, I wasn't sure if it was it would go to that or like because Belfast won the playoffs, maybe the loser of the playoffs, which was obviously Cardiff. But um, no, you guys are probably right. It'll be Sheffield. But yeah, I, I just think it's like Chris said at the start. I think for this league to grow like we want it to you need as much exposure as possible. And, you know, think what the year when we won it, what that did for British hockey and getting us on the map and and whatever. And, you know, Guildford might not have won it, but I just think, I don't know, if if they're using fixture congestion as as a reason, I don't know, an extra three games, maybe six, you know. Yeah, I, I think there's more positives to negatives by doing it. But, you know, like you said, if if they go and win the league this year, then they'll uh, they'll show up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that maybe the the WITF should award the place to the to the UK team with the best record in the Continental Cup. <laughs> yeah, and CHL. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you say the CHL. We're running out of time, Jono. But you say the CHL, and you you remember this? A team or two turned down the chance to play in. CHL, that, that's how Panthers got in one year. That's so, true. Yeah. I think, you think it was Belfast, wasn't it, originally? I remember. Invited. And yeah, I think yeah. that, I think we, we got in as, as Challenge Cup holders. Yeah. Um, I think, was it Belfast were invited, then Sheffield, and both turned it down, and then... And, Why did I feel Brayhead turned it down? But I, I, I can't think how Brayhead would have turned it down with... No, but I think Brayhead went in the second season, didn't they? Uh, that was it, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember whether it was a hoo-ha... But in, in that time of things, maybe Twitter wasn't invented. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, so we, we've not got long, but we were all there in, in that building for most of the week, weren't we? And certainly on that final day, 6,000 people 
to watch GB win win promotion um, against Italy. I mean, our start it was just emotional. It was just absolutely fabulous, you know, to to see those to see those boys who who were putting so much to to get them where they were. And we talk about special moments. There's been so many. There's there's obviously winning on home ice in Belfast to go from the third to the second tier. The moment in Budapest with Robert Farmer's goal, Ben Davis's goal uh, in the uh, second tier in, in 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 sorry in the top flight in uh, in Slovakia. But this one was a different type of special for me because it was on home ice. It wasn't a single moment. It was a series of moments, probably capped off by Cade Nielsen's goal. But it was a series of moments, not not just to do it in front of the home fans, to have 6,000 people all together, you know, yearning for one thing. But the fact that within moments, the players' families were on the ice and, and to see that w- was really special. T- to you, Greener, I know you got to see a lot of it. Um, how did you find it? It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, and, and do you know what? You sort of nailed it there. Like with the other moments you said with Ben Davis and Farms and that, it was a, a sort of a one-off moment, you know, uh, a split second that kind of changed history and it was whereas this was just an accumulation of you know some really good crowds some really good games like that Poland game was a really good game and even like you know Lithuania caused us some some problems and you know Italy put up a, a fight till the end and it was it was just sort of building and building but I mean yeah I, I think for me it was you know, just winning that game was obviously amazing. The, the crowd, we were talking before, John, you know, we were saying about how good the crowd was. But mm. I think the two things for me was Cade scoring that goal. For me, it was like a new era of like, you know, obviously we've got a lot of good players. But, you know, Cade, in my eyes, is kind of the face of yeah. of, of GB moving forward. You know, he's going to be such a big piece. And it was almost like Jonna handing the mantle over to him. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, it was all about Jonna because it was his last game, but Cade kind of stepped up and that that moment was almost like him saying, you know, I'll take it from here. Um, yeah. And and yeah, just, just Jonna, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can talk about it now. Obviously the injury he had, you know, playing through it, you know, I'm sure lots of guys were banged up, but him being on the ice when they won it uh, and everything and just, yeah, you know, the video and the tribute to him, it was, it was the perfect ending for the season, for John's career, for, for GB. It was, uh, I don't think you could have written the script any better really. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a, for all of you guys that kind of put the tournament on or or helped do it, you know, it was, it it was amazing. So yeah, excellent. It It was remarkable, but yeah, Jono really shouldn't have been playing. There was a few of them as well who were absolutely back. Well, I think Matthew Myers as well, because he took a quite a nasty hit earlier in that Italy game and yeah. came back out. I think he, yeah, he, he, he was... No, didn't think he'd come back out. And then there he was. I was getting texts going, what, what's wrong with Matthew? Is he okay? Is he okay? Next next thing I know is he's coming back on the bench. Jono, j- just finally, we've experienced some great moments with our Panthers hat on, That, that you know, loads of moments in that building. But but that to me is is right up there with them for a single sort of game, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt, the, the atmosphere throughout the entire sixty minutes was absolutely phenomenal for for the whole game. Uh, yeah, the noise when Cade Nielsen popped that empty netter in was was the roof came off the place, and yeah, they got what they deserved. They won every single game in that tournament, and they absolutely deserve 
to be back where they where they are in in the top tier for next season. It, it was it was a great performance so over the week, uh, and they fully deserve to be there. Great stuff, guys. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll probably be back in a couple of weeks or so. There'll be plenty to talk about, I'm sure, in the coming days and weeks. But for now, thanks for joining us on the podcast on Panthers Radio in association with Synomics.